Hey, what's up, Rhythm Church? Welcome to Church Online. My name is Jeff, I'm the lead pastor at the church. And I'm Erin. I am Jeff's wife. I am not the lead pastor at Rhythm Church, <laughs> but I'm glad to be a part of it. And we're glad that you're joining us again yeah. in the midst of our Seven Rhythms series. Come on, babe. It's been good so far, Jeff. I, I, thank you. I've yeah. enjoyed it. I yeah. like it, yeah. I've enjoyed it, yeah. too. And we hope that you are getting so much out of it as you move through the messages with us. Um, I just wanted to say before Jeff starts that uh, we hope that you will take time to fill out a digital communication card. Yeah. Uh, wherever you're watching us from, yep. I say this almost every week, but it really helps us to feel connected to you. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't do anything for you, but it helps us feel yeah. like you're a part of the Rhythm Church family. Mm -hmm. And um, this morning I spent several moments in my morning praying for the prayer requests that were filled out um, last week yeah. on, on the in-person in communication, communication cards. cards yeah. And I just, I would love to be praying for you too. So. Exactly. Yeah. We, it's just, again, it helps us, again, feel connected. There's a whole page on our website dedicated to our online um, campus or church service or whatever you want to call it. We've got worship there. We've got stuff for kids. And that's where you can find the digital communication card as well as a spot to give to help support Rhythm Church financially. We have a lot of great stuff happening here at the Hi. church um, in person and in cyberspace but we actually have a rad event coming up here on august 29th that we'd love for you to contribute to um called bless local where we're just going to bless local families that are in need with free haircuts school supplies backpacks food grocery cards uh clothes we're doing as much as we can because we know that times are hard for a lot of people mm -hmm. and so if that's something that you would love to be a part of and we know that some of you guys different cities different states different parts even of the world um you can go online and you can give there it can give to the general fund or to the community outreach portion of it that's right it'll do both yeah and the other thing too is um uh if you're watching well, I mean, of course you're watching online, but if that's the way that you're going to continue to watch for a while, do us a favor and become like a digital missionary and share this content with people that you think could really use it, could really help it. Just copy and paste a link, maybe message them, let them know what time our services start. Um, anything, that, anything that we can do right now, especially in this time of craziness and uncertainty, to bring hope to people Absolutely. is huge. Absolutely huge. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else? I think we're good. There's so much. There's but so much. Would you just sit back and get ready for God mm. to move in your heart? This is going to be such a great message. It's mm. going to feed your soul. It's going to motivate you um, to grow closer to the Lord yeah. and love people more. So yep. get comfy, but but don't tune out because this on. stuff is good. All right. Okay, All right. Love you, love you babe. Mm. All right. Church, turn with me, please, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number two. We're going to read verses 42 through 47. Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47 in our seven rhythm series. The seven rhythms are all about core values that determine the direction of your life. And uh, even kind of not necessarily more so, but along with that, these are core values of our church that determine the direction of our church. And again, if they're determining the direction of our lives as we live out in community together, we're going to see these lived out in uh, the community, which is Rhythm Church. So as you turn there, um, easiest way to find the book of Acts is in the very front of your Bible. Go to that, that New Testament section. You're going to see Matthew, Mark, 
Luke and John, and then you'll see the word Acts, A-C-T-S, not A-X-E, A-C-T-S. Then go to that page number, find the big number two, the little number 42, and we're going to read just 42 through 47. Uh, as you turn there, you'll notice that I've got my little hanky with me uh, because it's been hot here in Southern California, and especially in our beautiful uh, old church, unless we are cranking the AC like three hours before we start filming, um, it's a little warm in here still, so I'm going to... As my wife said it last week in, in, our, in our live services, it's like, it's just a glow. It's the glow of the spirit on you. It's the glow of the holy perspiration. All right. <laughs> holy perspiration. Dear God. Okay, I'm getting into the word. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. It says this. Now they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. They, this is the, the beginning, the forming of the church, the, the people that have just now given their lives to Jesus and so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day, every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Today in our Seven Rhythms uh, collection of talks, we're going to be talking about the rhythm of being committed to community. Committed to community. Side note, all you note takers are going to love me today. Lots of stuff to say in a very short amount of time, so let's roll. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this word. Lord, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, encourage us, convict us, Lord, but continue to shape us more and more into your likeness. And Jesus, we just ask, Holy Spirit, invade every space and place we're watching from. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so my wife, Erin, uh, comes from a large family. Her immediate family, uh, mom, dad, brother, sisters, family of seven. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, her mom, uh, they're Catholic family, so like, again, lots of brothers and sisters for mom. <clears throat> so whenever there's a family gathering, there's a lot of people that come together. Now, there's this one particular time um, where uh, we're at uh, this, this family gathering. as a wedding for, I believe, uh, her mom's brother. Could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. There, we're at this wedding, and I don't know, have you, ever, have you ever felt left out? Have you ever felt like the, there's something you wanted to belong to, but for some reason they just, you, you couldn't, they wouldn't let you? Well, at this particular wedding, we're sitting around the table and eating uh, whatever food that was provided for us, and you know, then they're starting to dance a little bit. And, uh, but it's all these kids that are on, on the dance floor, all these, all these kids, like ages maybe six through about 12 or something like that. They're dancing together and they're having a good time. And, and my daughter, India, was with us. And India was maybe about four at the time. Much, you know, not much smaller, but smaller than the other kids out there. And I could see her on the edge of the dance floor. And she was just looking longingly, like, oh, I would just love to dance with these kids and, you know, Frolic and play, <laughs> frolic and play, <laughs> just to be like to be like with them. But every time she would approach to, um, every time she would approach to try to dance with these kids, it's like they would turn their backs on her. There was always like they were keeping her out of this 
fun dance circle. And you could just see her, her little heart, little spirit just get more and more broken and her head would just go lower and lower. And I'm telling you, as a father, I've never wanted to fight the little kids so badly in my entire life. And because here's my little girl that just wants to uh, engage and, and, you know, belong and be a part of, of what was going on, but yet they were keeping they were keeping her out. Now today, um, India is so outgoing, she'd just, you know, she'd go up and just bust in the circle anyways. But at that point in time, I just think as a father, my heart broke. And, and I, almost, I almost wonder, um, as the church, if sometimes we're a little bit like that group of kids that somehow turn our backs on people that are wanting to engage with us and belong to us, or I even wonder this, do we even, do we even look that attractive anymore? Do we even have that draw that maybe this church here in Acts chapter 2 has? As people are adding, the Lord's adding to the number daily, those who are being saved, people want to be a part of what it is that's going on because there is such a community there that people want to dive into it. And so I want to give you... Uh, Five words, I'll start with the letter C, because again, we're dealing with community. Five words that are, I believe, integral to uh, belonging, being committed to community. And, and, I, and the first one is this, is connection. We need to be, we need to be those that, that uh, connect with other people. And this is, this is what I mean within this, because again, the Lord's adding to their number daily those who are being saved. I mean, people are, are just they're hanging out and then they're giving their lives to Jesus. It wasn't like this. It wasn't them saying, okay, hey, I'll be a Christ follower. Let's hang out. No, there was a bunch of people that were around, that were coming, that were listening, that were um, engaging with, that were talking with, that were starting to pray with. And then from there, they began to believe. Then from there, they, they found their salvation. You see, within the faith um, there's a process that takes place. See, the church has made it for a long time. You have to believe, then you can belong, and then you'll become. If you follow Christ's example, and even the early church's example, you belong, then you believe, and then you become. You become who God has created you to be. So we say hey, here at Rhythm Church, you don't have to believe to belong. But if you hang out with us long enough, hopefully you'll begin to believe. Jesus invited people to follow him before they believed in him. He would, he would approach people and say, follow me, follow me, follow me, walk with me, day in and day out, talk with me, get to know me, and then you'll begin to see that I truly am God over and over and over again. You see the disciples have these epiphanies and revelations that, oh my gosh, Jesus is the Son of God. They, they, would, they would say it like, now we know that you are the Messiah, now we know that you are the Son of God. So we want to be a, a community, we want to create that community where people can belong even before they believe in essence people are tribal. Like we, we, we want to have our tribes. We want to have those people that we collect with and that we, we hang with and that we know and, and they know us. We were created, church, we were created. Let me get some of this sweat off me. We were created for a community. We were created for a community. When God designed man, he designed man and woman, he designed us to long to know and to be known. 
As a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, so this is after God created everything. And after God created everything, you'd say, it, it is good. He saw the animals, it was good. He saw the, or, it is good. You know, the plants, birds, it is good. And then it says, um, when he created man, woman, he said, it is good. But when he saw that man was alone, chapter, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, he said, it is not good. That man was alone is not good. Now, again, he's speaking probably more specifically to marriage, but as we understand within the broader thing, broader relationships of life is that some people are called to singleness, some people never be married, so on and so forth. And so it, it's, it's not just to be like single, but to be alone, to be without community and connection. And we're living right now in one of the most lonely eras um, that we've ever seen, our nation, I think the world has ever seen. Check this out, 27% of Americans rarely or never feel like they are people, like there are people who understand them. 27% of Americans rarely or never feel like there are people who understand them. Um, only 27% feel like they belong to a friend group. So only 27% feel like they belong to a friend group. And 24% report that they could find companionship whenever they want it. That means that 76% can't find companionship when they want it. Additionally, one in five Americans rarely, if ever, feel close to others, and about, and sorry, and only about half, 53%, report having meaningful, in-person, social interactions with friends and family on a daily basis. Isn't that wild? Um, they, they did another study, and they, they ranged it out of 80, so out of 80, um, they did generational studies to, to see which generation was the loneliest. Gen Zers, so or Gen Z or Zoomers or whatever you want to call them, ages of about um, 18 to 22, said they scored a loneliness rate of 48.3 out of 80, making them the loneliest generation. Millennials, ages 23 through 37, the biggest generation, the biggest population right now on planet Earth, they came in second with a loneliness score of 45.3, meaning over half of them feel lonely. And doctors and scientists and all the sorts of stuff have done studies and they've found that, that um, loneliness greatly affects your health. As a matter of fact, researchers have found that loneliness is just as lethal as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. Lonely people are 50% more likely to die prematurely than those with healthy social relationships. We're not meant to be alone. And, and when you even think about it, when the more you isolate, the, the, the weirder stuff in life can get for you, the, your thoughts can go wild. Even when we look at this last however many months that people like had to be like on lockdown, and we think about families that were isolated or marriages that were isolated and how unhealthy all of that got. Even though we had a few people in our lives, stuff can get unhealthy when we're alone. We have to be in community. But... It's not just on community, it's on us as well. We have to be those that will, number two, we will commit. Commitment. Commitment. Number one, connection. Number two is commitment. We have to commit to community. It says that they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Um, there is a joy in devotion, but there's also sometimes a perseverance in devotion. It isn't always fun to be devoted. It's not always, it's like community and relationship can be awesome, but it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And so we have to be those that will commit to it, that will devote ourselves to it, that will we'll do it on purpose. 
Today, though, the word commitment is a little bit hard for people. As a matter of fact, commitment, like sometimes you say, hey, can you commit to this? It almost brings a little bit of anxiety, like a tinge of anxiety that people begin to feel. Ah, man, you want me to commit? I don't know if I can, if I, maybe. So we loosely commit to things all the time. And, and um, it is, but is, I think it's actually interesting today, too, that we're afraid of commitment. Um, but uh, let me say this way. Okay, it's, it's, it's hard for us to commit, but it's easy for us to cancel. It's hard for us to commit, but it's easy for us to cancel. It's hard for us to commit to uh, whether it's engagements, uh, whether it's, um, it's hard for us sometimes even to commit to friendships, relationships, but it's really easy for us to cancel on those. Today we're living in what you would call a cancel culture, where you say something I don't like, I can just cancel you. I can unfollow you. I don't have to talk to you anymore. All this stuff, it's, it's rampant and it's everywhere. And we're not, like, we're never meant to live in a cancel culture. We're meant to live, like, we're supposed to be committed to one another. It means when in someone that I know and I'm in a relationship with, they say something I don't like or I disagree with, I don't then cross them out of my life. I think that's one of the most immature things that somebody can do is just say, I'm done with you, I'm through with you. Unless there's a pattern of toxic, of that relationship being toxic and completely unbeneficial. But today we're just, we're, we're quick to cancel, we're slow to, to commit. It takes commitment. And it's, this is the things that they committed themselves. And so in a community of Christ, this is what you need to commit yourself to. Whew. I'm glad I got this hanky. <laughs> Come on, somebody. All right, so <laughs> this is what they committed themselves to. To teaching, sorry, to the apostles' teaching, which we have, we have all that. We've got the letters. We've got all that stuff. To, the, uh, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, let me break these things down for you again, for those of you guys who are like note takers. This message might be a little bit longer than the last few, but, but this is good stuff, right? So, so the, the, the apostles' teaching, basically the reading of the word and the listening of, you would say, to preaching. And, and the reason why is because re, um, reading the word renews our mind and it also increases our faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then it goes into being uh, intentional with relationships to fellowship, right? And why do we, why should we be intentional with relationships? Because we're better together. We are better together. It says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, that as, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That when we are together, we make each other better. We make each other better. To fellowship, um, to the breaking of bread, and this is speaking, not just, this isn't just eating, although later on it talks about breaking of bread, it is talking about eating. This is talking about communion, breaking bread, um, the, the body of Christ and, and the, the blood that was poured out for us, the bread and the wine. Talking about that, that when we do communion, we're keeping Christ's sacrifice in front of us. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, that the more we do this, the more we proclaim the Lord and his coming, meaning that we're keeping Jesus in front of us and we're keep like and again this is I think what we have to get back to a lot is that like Jesus is here to save the world so the more we do this the more we're reminding ourselves oh yeah I've been saved and so therefore I want to go and let people know about this Jesus as well too and then it says to prayer 
Now, uh, prayer again, just communicating with God. Being in, communi being in communication, relationship requires communication. Communication is two-way. He speaks to us and we speak to him. So we speak to him. And it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, to pray continually. But in between, the verse before and the verse after all has to do with rejoicing and being thankful. So the more that we are in communication with God, the more we have grateful and thankful hearts, which greatly increases our attitude. We have an attitude of gratitude. Come on, somebody. Whew. Commitment. They're committing, they're devoting themselves to these things. And then, and then in community, we have this, we have consumption, where we consume. So number, number three is we consume, meaning we come into a community and we, we take, and that's okay. That's actually good. They take, they, they are, they're, um, they're being filled with awe, they're seeing what's going on, they're taking from it, they're learning from it. When we come into community, we're taught, we're equipped, and we're inspired. Um, we are trained. We are then able to uh, do the work of the ministry. We're able to grow in our gifts and be encouraged in our gifts. And we learn. I can't tell you how many people I've seen in community find their call and find their passion in a community of Christ. Um, I can't tell you how many people have been grown and equipped by the church within those things, especially within. I think about just here, Rhythm Church. Let me just brag on Rhythm Church here for a moment. Um, uh, we have, um, we have, I think we have great media, but we have great media because um, our creative pastor, George Coltrane, came um, into the church, joined a community, began to learn more and more of his passions, picked up a camera and went, dang, I like this, had an eye for it, began to grow in it, and then in turn began to train other people. And so now there have been multiple, multiple people that have been impacted by his ministry, now impacted by Rhythm Church and the creative ministry here, who are growing in their passions and learning that stuff, which is then, media is one of the great sounding boards for the world right now, impacting the world with the gospel because they've been trained. They don't do that if they're on their own. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't get the critique, they don't get the learning, they don't get the heart and the spirit of it if they're just off by themselves. We consume. We consume. And it's okay. Discipleship happens life on life. Discipleship happens life on life when we come together and we learn from each other. Um, and uh, we get our needs met as it says here, there are people that sold homes to meet the needs of the people that didn't have. They sold land, property, they, they gave. You get your needs met in church. And, you know, I think this is really interesting, but if the church would truly give like the Bible instructs us to give, like God even commands us to give, if we would give financially like that. And I'm not saying you have to go sell all your homes and stuff, um, but if we learned the tithe, we learned all that stuff, we, man, we, could, we could meet a ton of needs. We wouldn't, I mean, we could drastically cut down on um, the need for food banks, the need for welfare, the need for um, business loans in our society. I mean, we could do all sorts of stuff, but that's just kind of more of a side note. And then uh, fourthly is contribution, meaning that when you come to a community, you contribute. You bring something to the table. You come and you serve others. You come and you teach others. You come and support others. You come uh, and, and you give to those that have need. Maybe you have greater resources and so you help out. Um, you make a difference by what you bring to the community. This is actually a sign of maturity. A sign of maturity in the faith is when you serve and when you give. It shows that you understand some stuff and that you're growing up. You're not just showing up to church to get. You're now showing up to church to give, to serve. To, to, it's like, um, 
how do I say like, yeah, I don't expect my, well now I do expect my kids a little bit more, but when they're super little, I don't, I don't expect them to contribute much. Like when my kids were toddlers, I didn't expect them to do a ton of stuff except for just obey me when I said stop that. You know, like that's about it. Or, or when you think about it this way, um, have you ever gone over to somebody's house for dinner? What do you ask? Well, what can I bring? I'm not asking my kids to bring anything to that dinner. I'm asking, I'm asking uh, the adults. I'm not asking their kids. I'm asking the adults to bring something. Does that, that make sense? It's, or, even, or it's even like this. Ooh, here we go. Um, have, you ever been, have you ever been to like uh, a potluck or a cookout or a barbecue, right? You don't show up to those things empty-handed. You show up, and a lot of times you show up with your signature dish the thing that you can make best, the thing that you can do best. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Aunt Sally's potato salad, you know, or, or, you know, or Uncle, you know, Uncle Jimmy's you know, ribs or whatever. Like, like you, you bring the best of what you can do. You know, that, or the bean dish that with like, it's kind of mapley and got the bacon in it. It's so, so good. <laughs> so as the church, as, as the community, you show up and you bring your best, what you can do best your gift and you operate in that, you contribute. And lastly, it takes consistency. You have to be consistently showing up. You have to be consistently showing up. Um, it says every day, <laughs> I'm not talking like right now, like this is your commitment church every day, you know, every day watch online, every day, you know, show up in person. I'm, I'm not talking about that, but there is, uh, it's their, their, for their particular context, it was every day. But I do think this, I think it is important that more than just once weekly, more than just once weekly, I think um, it's important to be on, to be at church or, you know, joining virtually on Sundays. I think it's important to be within a group. So one of our rhythm groups, we actually have signups right now. We're trying to get one virtually. So if you're in another, sp in another place or just not comfortable yet gathering together, you can do so virtually. Um, but to be in groups together where you're, again, sharpening each other and encouraging one another and talking about the Lord and talking about life and struggles and the issues that are going on. You got people to walk with you through it. Um, and then on top of that, other meetings as well, like, man, maybe other coffees or lunches or my weeks, again, part of it is because what I do, but my weeks are filled with coffees with people or filled with lunches with people or having other, you know, families in our house for dinner in order to continue that consistently meeting together every day. Maybe even just every day, at least check in with somebody. Um, our community of faith has to be a priority because you bring your faith and you strengthen other people and vice versa. It says, it says in Hebrews, not to give up meeting together. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching all the more. It's so important for us to gather together. And I think this is why maybe even this season has been hard for a lot of us, because we haven't been gathering. We've lost maybe some of that community. Um, and again, if you're not comfortable yet, engage as much as you can with us digitally. Uh, maybe you are like somewhat comfortable. Show up here on a weekend for one of our outdoor services, 9, 10, or 11, sit across the street you know, in a truck bed or on the sidewalk or whatever, but just, it's so important for us to connect like this. Um, but it's risky. You risk a little bit of rejection. People know you, people see you. Uh, but here's the deal. 
let me just again for some more factual stuff. This guy Tyler Vanderweel, he's a Harvard professor. He did an article for USA Today. And he, he said this, he says, religion may be a miracle drug. Religion may be a miracle drug. And I referenced this in a sermon months ago, but so good, you gotta hear it again. It says this, regular church attendance reduces the mortality rate by 20 to 30% over a 15 year period. It significantly lowers rates of depression, suicide, and it helps people realize they have greater purpose in life. Listen to this. If you attend church weekly, it reduces the risk of divorce by 47%. And for those that attend church at least once a week, it increases your life expectancy by seven years. Aren't you glad you tuned in today? You see that there's significant benefits to being involved in a community of faith for your personal life, for your mood, for basically for what we see here than for the greater community. See, the overall results of living in a Christ-centered community is joy, simplicity, and the impact that we have on the greater community around us and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Rhythm, or those just visiting Rhythm, just checking it out, let's be a community that is committed to one another, that is committed to Christ and committed to one another, that we are, that we're, we're showing up to connect, we're showing up, we're committed to this, we're consuming, we're contributing, and we're doing it consistently. We're doing it consistently. Let's not give up meeting together, again, digitally or in person. We are committed to community. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you, God, that you designed us to know and to be known, to love and to be loved. And God, I just pray that as, as we grow in community, you would just continue to, to knit us together. Lord, that we would be those that are um, patient with one another, that love one another, that don't dwell on differences, but Father, that we focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we love you. Thanks for hanging out with us, and let's connect throughout the week. Fill out one of those communication cards, and we will for sure see you online next Sunday.